in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Rated Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcast content. Today, I wanted to talk about subscription revenue models and how they may benefit any company. So if you're a, a software executive, a software investment banker, um, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But for those of you that didn't grow up in the world of software, you ought to take a, a hard look at a subscription revenue model or recurring revenue model. And this is something I first crossed paths with back in 2003, 2004, around the time when Salesforce.com was preparing its 2004 IPO. Today, Salesforce is a $113 billion market cap company. Salesforce was sort of the first SaaS company. SaaS stands for software as a service. And they went to market with a software platform called CRM, Customer Relationship Management. Not a space that they pioneered. Tom Siebel and Siebel Corporation, which was acquired by Oracle right around that same time, pioneered the CRM space. But they went to market with a on-premise delivery model, upfront license revenue model. That means as Siebel would install its software behind the customer's firewall. And then the revenue, the rev rec that would accompany those deals was customer would pay Siebel a large upfront license fee that would pay for the software over the life of the software. So you may write a check to Siebel or SAP or Oracle. Every enterprise software company back then was operating off of these upfront license revenue models. So you would write a check for X million dollars for the license. Every year, you would then pay a, a maintenance fee. Now, you had the option to pay for a maintenance fee, which was basically to keep the software fresh. That maintenance fee was 20% of the, the value of the software license. On top of that, you typically had a, a, a services contract, a services fee, that would cover training, customization, uh, it was sort of a catch-all for other revenue events that weren't captured in the license, the license revenue line or the maintenance revenue line. So very expensive it was sort of like, if you think about the net present value, an NPV of an investment. If you're an investor and you, if the way you value companies is via the NPV model, which means calculating the, the present value of future cash flows, that's sort of how the old software models used to work. So you're writing a check for 10 to 20 million bucks at close, at signing of the contract, but you're certainly not recognizing 10 to 20 million dollars worth of value across the enterprise on day one. And so Salesforce was the first company that brought a subscription revenue model to market. And with it, they brought the on-demand or SaaS or cloud delivery model. And there are little nuances between different permutations of, of on-demand delivery. And we won't cover that in this podcast. I want to focus on the, the, the revenue model. But what Salesforce revenue model sought to do was to better match the customer payment with the customer value. So sort of pay-as-you-go. So the way Salesforce would build customers, they'd say, okay, you have you know, X number of customers. We're going to charge you X, X dollars per user per month. And that per user per month fee was, was universal. It didn't matter what industry you were, you were in, how many, uh, how many users you had. It was sort of a, a flat per user per month fee. And now over time, Salesforce and other companies who operate off of a subscription revenue model, you know, there are various permutations. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll bill a team of people, they'll bill by team, and different product SKUs carry different different per user per month fees and, and so on and so forth. But the, the concept is consistent, where you're only making a payment so long as you're a user. You know, and as a, now as a customer, you may have the option where you could pay for you know, 12 months of usage up front, and you know, most vendors would give you a little bit of discount for doing so. 
as a vendor, this means that you may have to recalibrate, not that you may have to recalibrate your business, you, you will have to recalibrate your business if you migrate from a upfront license revenue model to a subscription model. Because instead of receiving you know, X million of dollars at deal signing on the day of signing, uh, when you close a deal, you're only going to receive you know, one month's worth of, of payments at close. And then the, you know, the rest of the revenue will be spread out in monthly uh, installments for the duration of the contract. So it's pro rata rev rec as opposed to recognizing everything up front. And we talk about the rev rec in a bit more detail in a, a tech today post that I finished the draft for and I probably won't publish it until next week and everybody's back in the office. But I'll link to tech today and then you can just find that article in a couple of days once it's published. Several days, it'll probably go out on Monday or Tuesday. So as a, as a CEO, as an executive management team, you'd have to think through how do we you know, recalibrate the business, uh, right size the cost infrastructure, given that you're going to have lower revenue recognition in the early years as that recurring revenue model scales over time. So why would you as a company, as a software vendor, or frankly, as, as any company, why would you want to offer a subscription offering for your products and services, whether it be for the entire product portfolio or just for certain products within the portfolio? Because we've talked about why it's good for the customer, but why, why is it good for you? Particularly if it's going to, if you're a software company, it's going to push revs out. If you're a, let's say a manufacturer and you manufacture widgets, you're not going to see a, a, a pushing out of, of revenue recognition. You know, so for example, if you think about Amazon, their kitchen goods, their home goods, Amazon Pantry, I think they prefer to something differently now, Amazon Fresh perhaps. But in any event, you know, they'll offer you, uh, they'll say, hey, hey, John, we noticed you, you purchase paper towels every month. Well, you can buy paper towels now as a one-off for $8.99. Or if you subscribe to a, to a pantry subscription or just a subscription for this particular product, SKU, and we'll send it to you automatically each month, we'll give you the first... Uh, order at a discount from the eight ninety nine list price. We'll give it to you for eight and a quarter or so, you know, whatever the price may be. So in, in, in that case, you know, there's not going to be a material difference in how Rev is recognized to you, the provider. It's just that you're going to have enhanced revenue visibility because now you have a customer who's agreed to subscribe to uh, a recurring revenue event. That is the number one benefit to companies who offer subscriptions is enhanced revenue visibility. And sticking with the Amazon example, think about what Amazon's been able to do with Amazon Prime as it relates, for example, to uh, Amazon Studio. So unlike most movie studios where the, the content production business is a very short-term oriented effort, in the case of Amazon, they're able to plan out for, for years and years their production slate because they have the revenue visibility associated with Amazon Prime and that recurring revenue stream, which, by the way, not, a, not only is it recurring, it continues to grow, particularly as Amazon does things like acquire a Whole Foods and offer Amazon Prime benefits to Whole Food customers, so in-store, in-store discounts, as an example, in exchange for becoming an Amazon Prime subscriber. So Amazon's doing things strategically to, to grow that recurring revenue base and to leverage that recurring revenue base as it thinks about its business holistically over the long term. So if you're a company that competes with Amazon and you don't have the benefit of a recurring revenue stream, you just simply can't afford to make long-term strategic decisions around people investments, capital investments, whatever the case may be, whatever the project, whatever the experiment, you, you simply can't think in the long term if you don't have a recurring revenue stream. And that's a distinct competitive advantage. And the world of software has caught on to this since Salesforce's IPO back in 2004. Amazon has certainly caught on to it um, 
you have other companies, like sort of non-traditional companies. So if you think about um, GM with Cadillac, they have a subscription service called Book by Cadillac. And you may think, well, that's just another form of a, a lease. Well, subscription models, the way I'm talking about them, modern subscription offerings, they're a lot different than subscription contracts that you may know from automobile leases, mortgage payments, mobile phones, where you're locked in to a provider. You're locked into a tight service agreement. Here, with, with modern subscriptions, the customer typically has a lot more flexibility in terms of uh, when they may cancel a service. So there's a lot more mo- mobility uh, on, the, on the customer side. So GM rolled out a, a service through the Cadillac line called Book by Cadillac that's now available, where you may, I want to say off the top of my head, we wrote about this in a previous post and I'll link to it. But I think the price was five and a quarter per month and you have the option to swap a car every three months, something to that effect. But don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll link to it in the in the show notes. We work, if you know those guys, shared office space provider, they offer subscriptions. You've probably seen, it seems that all the, the, uh, the men's shaving companies, all the razor blade companies now have a subscription offer. Uber has a subscription offering. Lyft is experimenting with a subscription offering. Think about uh, I have family that, that work in the, let's say, food services industry. So let's say you're a supplier to hotels and restaurants for linens, uh, dining wear, you know, this type of thing. Wouldn't it make sense to, in your e-commerce offering, and you kind of need to have an e-commerce offering if you're going to roll out a subscription model, wouldn't it make sense to offer a subscription in addition to enabling customers to, to purchase items as a, as a one-off? And again, maybe you follow the Amazon model, you offer a discount to entice customers to subscribe. Maybe they get whatever it is they're buying at a discount in months one and two. But once you've got them on board as a, as a subscriber, now you've got enhanced revenue visibility, more predictability to your business, and a greater ability as an operator to plan for the long term and do some strategic things that can give you a distinct competitive advantage versus versus your competitors. So subscription models provide long-term re- revenue visibility provide uh, a level of predictability to the business that allow you to do strategic things as an operator. They gave you some ability to flex the model, whereas your competitors may not have that ability. So that's one reason to flip to a subscription revenue model or recurring revenue model. In addition to revenue visibility, one of the distinct, the, the other distinct advantage to a recurring revenue model or a subscription revenue model is the fact that investors award subscription revenue companies a premium valuation versus companies that, that aren't. So whether it's the venture capital guys, private equity, or public company investors, they value subscription model companies at a premium. And the reason is because of that enhanced revenue visibility and predictability. There's less volatility associated with reported numbers for subscription revenue companies. Revenue is more predictable. Operating profits are more predictable. Earnings are more predictable. And so less volatility, a good thing. Therefore, investors are willing to pay a bit more. And that's why you've seen a lot of companies migrate to subscription revenue models. It's not just a better way of running the business operationally, but they know if they pull off the, the transition to a subscription revenue model, investors will reward them with a higher valuation. And that's really the other major reason why you would want to to migrate to a subscription revenue model. And so again, if you're a, a software exec, all, all of this is sort of old news. You're well-versed in this subject matter. But if you're a non-software C-level executive, a non-software board member, I would encourage you to take a hard look at subscription revenue models because there are some real tangible benefits to your business were you to migrate to a subscription revenue model. That's all for now. See you next time.